We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yes, and one specific quarterback uh, today. We're going to talk about Tyler Buckner. Mm-hmm. And I, we were talking on our walk this morning about Tyler and, and you know what he brings to the table and some things like that. And, and I, I actually said to you, I was like, I feel like we need to remind people who he is and what he brings to right. the table because it's been all about Dante Moore and it's been sure. about CJ Carr. Understandably. And I get it. Recruiting and it's the off season and it's Especially exciting. When there's, there's no, there's nothing of us to watch of Tyler Buckner. Absolutely. I mean, not, there's not like there's a summer league that we get a chance to watch. And, and, and he wasn't in the spring game. Right. And somebody made the point the other day that, okay, if, if Tyler was in the spring game and even performed yeah. moderately well, we're not having a lot of these discussions right. about what he's going to be able to do during the season. And I agree with that completely. The yeah. only story we got was that he was injured. Right. You know, and that so that just leads to wild speculation and everything yeah. else. And so I felt like we needed to remind people about who Tyler Buckner was right. and what he brings to the table, man. But but, but also in a way that it, it we're also being we're also going to discuss some of the concerns that there are that are, that are legitimate. And I think some of the concerns people have are just to me, just illegitimate. They're just, that's <laughs> nonsense. Right. Right. Like, you're, you, you know, but, but let's, let's discuss, we'll talk about what we like, but let's discuss, I think kind of where this, why I think many of the, the doubters of it's one thing to say, Hey, he's got to prove it. We should all have that mindset. Like absolutely. Vince and I are going to talk and we're going to kind of predict a little bit what we think we're going to see from Tyler Buckner. Mm-hmm. Right, that's a projection based on his talent. He has to show us that he's that guy. I mean, there, there's no doubt. We're not sitting there saying, "Oh, he, I'm betting my next two mortgages on Tyler Buckner being a runner-up for the Heisman Trophy right. this year." Right? Like that's not what we're doing. But what we are doing is saying, "Hey, look, this is why we're excited about it." But we will also address some of the reasons that that okay, as a first-year starter, what are the potential pitfalls it could have as a young player. Right. And so um, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that here in, in a second too, Vince. But uh, what, first I think I want to address sort of where a lot of this comes from. And I think it, it, it begins even way before what you just mentioned, mm-hmm. which is the fact that we didn't see him in the blue gold game. I, I think that's kind of like, like folks, how many times do I have to tell you spring games don't matter? No. So if Tyler Buckner went out in the spring game and lit the world on fire, it, it would not predict future success, just like him playing bad. Because 
I was thinking about this yesterday. I was talking to Sean Davis, and, and I was like, you know, this whole quarterback thing reminds me so much of 2015. And I remember going into 2015, and it was, it, you know, and, and Buckner is now Deshaun Kaiser. Now, the difference is, is back then, Deshaun Kaiser was the backup. Correct. And the narrative was, if Malik goes down, they're in trouble. Right. Remember how many times me and Lou talked about this on the BGI podcast back well, in the day, Vince? And it was because of how poorly he played in the spring exactly. game. That's what everybody exactly. had to go off of, right? And, and and it was all, if Malik gets hurt, they're screwed. And I was like, they're going to be fine. And I right. said, it's, they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine because I don't care about a spring game. I know this kid can flat out play and he's got talent around him. Mm-hmm. And and now the difference in this narr- in this discussion, why I think it's even amplified more, is Tyler's expected to be the starter not the backup like right. Deshaun Kaiser was expected sure. to be in 2015. Uh, both redshirt freshmen, both talented. Deshaun played poorly in the spring game. Tyler didn't even play in the spring game. Right, right. So I, I think that's part of it. But I think this goes way back to before. And and to answer that one question, he sprained his ankle walking down the steps. That's all it was. If it, if, if, it, if it happened the week before the Ohio State game, he'd have played. Exactly. And that's the key. So, I, I, I 100% believe – he would have played out. You tape it up. You, you, I mean, you, you go, you go. And I believe he tape would have played. Up, give him a well. shot. And if, if it was the middle ball. of the season or whatever, he's playing. But right. it's a spring game, and it doesn't matter. So right. he didn't play, and I have no problem with that. Whatever. But it just it allows for rampant speculation, right? And somebody else asked, "Does the way he hurt himself bother you?" No, it doesn't. I, it, it bothers me if I have never done that before. Right. Right. I have done that before. <laughs> I mean, if people no. say they haven't, I mean, look, people trip up or down the stairs all the time. Yeah. Okay. It happens. It just happens. I look, I, I work in my basement and I had a plate of food one day that ended up on my stairs because I missed a step and you know <laughs> it just is um, what it is, man. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. But, but I think the whole concern about Tyler start, you have, we have to trace this back to a year ago. Okay. Because what, like you and I have taken on completely different roles in the Tyler Buckner conversation. A year ago, it was like, people pump the flipping yeah. brakes, was. right? Like, let's not hype up Tyler Buckner to be Trevor Lawrence. Cause that's now, and this is what I said when Trevor had the year, I said, he's going to ruin 
every expectation for freshman quarterbacks for the next decade. Because we're all going to expect your your quote-unquote five-star freshman quarterback to be Trevor Lawrence now. Trevor Lawrence wasn't a five-star. Trevor Lawrence was a generational talent. Correct. He was a unicorn, much like Michael Mayer. Like, I'm not going to expect Eli Raritan to come in and be Michael Mayer. It's just it's an unfair expectation. He Absolutely. may end up being Michael Mayer when his career's over, but some guys just come in and they're on a different level, right? Yep. And so that's no kind of where I'm coming from. And so with Tyler last year, it was everyone's he's going to be the starter. He's going to beat Jack out. Jack's this, Jack's that. Drew Pine's this, Drew Pine's that. Tyler's going to be the guy. You got to play him. Look how well he did in the blue gold game. Right, because led the offense with the only touchdown, and it was like against the uh, yeah. defense filled mostly of walk-ons, <laughs> right. if being honest, right. and and backups, and it was just like let's pump the brakes. But yeah. we failed at getting people to have realistic expectations for Tyler Buckner last year. And, I mean, the and, whole and the whole time, what what were we saying? What what did we want to see during the twenty one season? Well, we Tyler wanted Buckner. to see exactly what he did. The exactly. problem is, is most people looked at it here, and so so then. That was the problem. There was an expectation that he was going to be the starter. Even if it wasn't in the opener, he was eventually going to take over as the starter. Right, right. He didn't do that. Right. And then so what happened is, is to double up on that, the role they used him for was very narrow and specific. And so he was a a game changer. He was the guy that came in and brought a tempo. So like, sure. what was the first play that Tyler Buckner of his career? It was against Toledo, and he pulls it from his own end zone and runs for like, 30 yards, right? That's the first play of his career. And, and let, let the yapping begin. Yeah, right. And then I think that game, too, didn't he hit a bomb that game, too? I think so. Yeah, like I think he so. A, he, so, you know, you, you, it's like, okay, he's that guy. But Notre Dame stuck to the role, and the role was that of a you're going to come in, you're going to be a change-of-pace player. You're not going to come in run the whole offense. You right. are going to have a very limited scope. What you also have to remember is technically Drew Pine was the backup quarterback yes, last year. He got in backup regard, quarterback reps, which Matt Tyler was not getting. Usually it's like a 60-40 split. Right. Sometimes it may be 70-30. Your starter gets 60 to 70% of the practice reps. And those are like team seven on seven, stuff like that. And then your backup will get 30 to 40%. That's usually when it's two guys. The problem is they were splitting the reps between Drew and Tyler. Right. So neither of them were getting the same amount of backup reps that you normally get. That was especially problematic for Tyler, who was coming off a year in which he did not play as a senior high school. And when we say not play, it's not that he was injured and on the sidelines, but at practice and the film, they didn't even have a season. Right. The season was completely canceled. Just nothing. Because of COVID. And so, you know, for me with Tyler, it was unrealistic expectations. And then the fact that Notre Dame used him because their thought was, He's too talented not to have a role, right? but thought. we're not going to bring him in, which is what we wanted. Yes. But they're not going to bring him in and say, hey, go run the offense. And and he wasn't doing that week after week after week. Now, he, was getting, he wasn't just running power read and quarterback read. He was running the – but it was a much more limited package. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? And that's why when, you know, when, when uh, you know, obviously part of it, he, he has the hamstring injury, so then Drew Pine goes in and he – leads the offense and these type of things. But but Drew was the backup quarterback and and not Tyler. But Tyler would get thrown into the game. And I thought at times in in times was like, why are they putting him in the game right now? Right. Exactly. Like the offense is moving. Don't don't yeah the time that for right. those things was not great in my opinion. But and and then it is what it is. But anyway, right. so I think those two things more than anything combined to it. And then there was 
the Virginia Tech game. And the reality is, is Tyler had some bad throws in the second half of that game. What bothers me is that people, some people are completely unwilling to address the fact that he did have some bad throws. He got baited into a pick six in that game. Because right? that's what you do to a true freshman right. who doesn't have a ton of, uh, you know. Right. He got, he got baited by a veteran player. Right. So we need to be able to address that and say those sure. areas he's going to get better yeah. at and, and we'll address those. The problem, however, is that a lot of people who have a negative view of Tyler now and they're just grabbing onto it for some reason, refuse to, to do anything other than look at those plays. Now, Tyler still made some plays in the second half, but it was Virginia Tech was able to go in at halftime, make some adjustments, start throwing some stuff at him that they were not throwing at Jack Cone because they knew this kid, there's no way this kid is ready to do this, all this. But what those people also do is completely dismiss what he did in the first half. Yeah. And that was go, you know, I think it was like 8 of 10, something like that, 8 of 14, 8 of 12, 8 of 12 or something like that for like 104 yards, turned a 10 nothing deficit into a 14-10 halftime lead. You know, gorgeous throw to Kevin Austin yeah. deep, has a great read to Avery, Avery Davis, hits a couple really nice sideline throws uh, to Kyron Williams and Avery Davis and then leads them to two touchdowns. So – on the road with a Virginia Tech crowd going crazy because they had a 10 nothing lead on Notre Dame. Right. He comes in and says, I got this. Right. Second That's half, he, he didn't stones, have that. They man. threw more at him. His package Which was, was limited. Great adjustments, by the right. way. Very good adjustments. I mean, great the adjustments. Yeah. yeah. And they forced him into some mistakes. And, again, they didn't protect him in the second half. I mean, off O-line-wise, that was a big issue in the, in the second half as well as Tyler was not getting a lot of time to throw. So he Jack Cohn comes off the bench, leads him to a victory, and the rest is history. And I just I still feel like because Tyler stayed in that role the rest of the year, that a narrative has been created that he can't throw. Right. We read the garbage analysis of pro football focus. It's just so bad. And but you hear from a lot of Notre Dame fans too. It's it's Maybe some, it, and I think a lot of it maybe is some of the fans who never don't follow recruiting. There's there's a lot of fans that just sure. don't follow recruiting, other than just looking at who they signed, right? And they didn't see Tyler play. They didn't, they're not aware. Like everybody said, well, he wasn't that great of a passer in high school. And I'm, threw for four thousand four hundred seventy four yards and fifty eight touchdowns. Well, against bad level of competition, I don't care what level of competition it was. Still got to throw it and still got to catch right. it. Still got to make plays. Exactly. And that was the thing. You watch some of his game film and he had some throws where dudes weren't catching it. His numbers should have even been, been even better. So for me, Vince, it was one of those things where I think there was unrealistic expectations for what he would be last year and then not properly understanding why he played the way he did. Well, he's a runner, not a passer. That's what he was last year because that's what they asked him to do. That's what they asked him to do. And, yes, he had some bad throws last year, as a lot of freshmen do. Remind you that C.J. Stroud threw a grand total of zero passes as a freshman at Ohio State. Bryce Young completed passes at a much lower rate – well, not much lower – by over a percentage of than lower than Tyler Buckner did as a freshman and did not complete as many passes, though, for many yards. And and Tyler had six touchdowns combined compared to one for Bryce Young as a true freshman. So he was actually given more opportunities to play in environments than what those guys were given in their in their freshman years. So I, I think that the narrative, Vince, is the one. It's, it's, it's one thing to be able to break film down of a guy, but it's another thing to crush narratives because those really don't get changed until sure. a guy goes out and shows it. Yeah. And that's fair. I get that. That's I, fine. I think we should all say, Hey, he's got to show me, but 
some of the stuff is just uh, that I feel like Vince has just kind of gotten has just gotten completely well, out of, out of hand. I guess my biggest issue are the people that, and I and I'll say it on both sides. It's the people that take just the negative and they roll with it, or it's the people that just take the positive and roll with that. Mm-hmm. There are two sides to this, and if you're going to be right. a an analyst or if you're going to be fair to the kid, you got to take both sides of it, and you've got to use that in your analysis of right. who it is and what you right. and then you can make a logical assumption about what he's going to be moving forward so right. you you have to take what he did at notre dame his true freshman year everything that you just outlined about how he was prepared for that role what they asked him to do both within that role and outside that role frankly they, they asked him to do some stuff that he didn't really practice a whole lot right or at least not enough and he didn't do very well at that, okay? So you have to take all of that, and then you also have to take what was the last thing that he did when he was a starter on his team. I think that's important. When he mm-hmm. had the whole playbook to his disposal, you know what I mean? When he right. was the leader of the team, that wasn't his role last year. It's not what he was asked to do, mm-hmm. right? He's now going to be the leader of the offense. He's going to be the starting quarterback, okay? At least that we believe that that's what's going to happen. And – that's different than being the package quarterback. It's just different. Right. And so you have to take all of that and you throw it in the hopper and then you make an, an informed opinion about who he is and who he's going to be. What, what you come up with as your conclusion. Okay. But you've got to take it all. You can't just latch on things here and there and make your, that I don't like. Uh, Yeah. Cause I think especially when you're doing it in regards to, well, look what he did as a freshman. Right, because you're not. A, it's like you you have to understand the role he was being asked to play. Exactly, and, and that and that's where I think a lot of this was created. I think so. It's the unfair expectations plus the fact that they're they're because I have a buddy like this, and he's a really good football guy, like really good football guy. But he'll he'll see a kid like he'll look at a recruit, and the kid plays stand up edge rusher, and he'll be like, yeah, but I don't know if the kid can play Mike linebacker. I'm like, well, what do you mean? He goes, yeah. He goes, I just. It, but for him, he can only evaluate the kid for what the kid has done. Right. He can't then project him to playing something else. And and so, um, you know, I think that's kind of the thing that some people have, too. It's like, this is all I've seen him do. I didn't see him play in high school. I've only seen him do this. And so right, right. that's all I think he can do. So it's one thing to, to you know, like, or he, and it's not that he can't project, but he just assumes that the kid can't do it because it's like, well, why else would the high school coach use him like that? If they, I'm like, well, because that's what they needed him to do yeah. in high school, right? It's high like, school is, man, you put your best players at the right. influential right. spots. That's what right. you do. You right. know, I mean, that's, we saw that with Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, I mean, hey. you know, in high school as well. So, so when I, when I look at events, I think that's a, that's, that's where I'm at. But I do think there are some legitimate things that we can discuss about what Tyler, what are the potential pitfalls to Tyler Buckner having a breakout season? Because I, I think he's going to have a breakout year. I'm just to say it right now. I think he's going to have a break. I think by the end of the year, a lot of people are going to be talking about Tyler Buckner. Yeah, Heck, I think by the, by the end of September, people are going to be talking about Tyler Buckner, but definitely by the end of the year, he's going to be a, a, a big name in my opinion, because of the potential that he, the, the production he has this year. And then of course, projecting him into future seasons. Right. Because I think he's going to be a very good football player this season. However, there are some legitimate things that we can discuss to say, Hey, look, this is a bit of a concern for me. And we'll bring up some film of him playing when we get into the reasons why we're predicting a bit of a breakout for him. Number one, obviously, I mean, we, we can't dismiss the health piece. Like we can sit there and say sure. like, you know, like there's, there was a question, like, like somebody said, um, 
you know, like I'm trying to find it down here. Uh, Brian Demo says, how does Hal Tyler hurt himself bother anyone? And, and, and I get that, but, I, but I do think that I'm with you on that, Brian, but I, I do think the fact that we, we should, we shouldn't worry about how he got hurt. Those things happen. Sure. Right. Just like Jarrett Patterson got hurt lifting weights. I mean, stuff happens. Right. Right. And, and, but we also, when, when you consider he did miss an entire season, you know, sophomore season because of an injury, we can't just dismiss and act like injuries aren't an issue. Sure. Right. That is an issue. He's got to prove that he can stay healthy. I, I'm not as concerned about because, like, last year he had a hamstring injury. I fully believe that he didn't play the next game against Wisconsin because, again, that was not – the role he was being asked to do was as a runner. You're not going to put a guy with a, a, a tight hamstring or an injured hamstring in the game as a runner. What they would do if he's the starter and he hurts his hamstring is sit, sit him in the pocket Yeah, and, and go about it that way. So again, it's, you're not going to play him in that role if that's all you're asking him to do. So, but I do think he has to prove that he can play a full season. I mean, I, I think that's fair. I think that's a fair thing fair to now do because if you look at his whole career, right. His whole football playing career, was he the starter as a freshman? I know he played as yeah, a freshman. He okay. played a bunch. I don't know if he started the whole season, okay. but he played a bunch as a we'll freshman. We'll call it a partial starter, whatever. He played as a freshman. He was out his entire sophomore year due to injury. He played his whole junior year. Obviously, he didn't get hurt his senior year because he didn't play. But then his freshman year, he had a hamstring issue, and then he twisted his ankle. Mm-hmm. Okay? I, people are going to complain about his injury history. I, I will just say, yeah, okay. He's sure. got to prove that to me. That's fine. I, sure. I, 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 I There's not a lot you can push back on because those are facts right. on paper, right? right. He, he had issues with injuries. Right. Okay. That's fine. He hasn't had a major injury since his sophomore year in high school. So that's right. been four years. So I, I will say that. If we're talking massive injuries, right? I mean, he had a little bit of a hamstring, came back from it. You know, he twisted his ankle, probably could have played if it was a real game. So those are more you're hurt, you're not injured. Because he didn't miss his senior season because of an injury. Absolutely. He He missed it because the state of California canceled football for the the fall. They didn't play again until the spring, but by the time the spring came around, he was at Notre Dame. Right. And so I I wonder if some people think maybe he missed that year. He only played one year of high school football. He must have been injury prone. No. Yeah, he yeah, it was played his freshman yeah. year, he played his junior year, sophomore senior year didn't happen because he was at Notre right. Dame when they played the limited spring schedule. Right. right? So yeah, he literally got hurt in the opener as a, as a sophomore. Right. The season opener. Right. So I think he's got to prove he can stay healthy. And then he also has to prove Vince that he can handle the rigors of an entire season. I, I do think that is something also that he has to show. He has to show that he can like, and this is true of any young player, can he go through a 12 game season and and stay fresh and productive and those type of things. And that's, but that's true for all young players. Absolutely. That's true for Lorenzo styles. That's true for a lot of guys. Absolutely. That's true for Blake Fisher. And that's a fair thing too. The the other part is I do think he has to be more consistent as a passer. I think that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I think where, where the difference would be is we're coming from a completely different place of other people in regards to what the baseline is. <laughs> like, I think there's some people that think he's 2017 Brandon Wimbush. He's not. I think he'll be better than that as a this year, much less moving forward. Uh, he is a run throw quarterback. But Notre, when Notre, somebody asked me, why did Tommy Reese recruit Tyler Buckner if he prefers drop back quarterbacks? Because Notre Dame didn't know he was going to be this dynamic of a runner when they landed him. They right. landed him after his freshman year. Like he didn't play in twenty. He, the twenty nineteen season was after he committed. Right. 
he he committed Notre Dame took a chance on Tyler Buckner because of how I mean he, how he got his offer for those you don't know actually he was uh I think it's right going into his sophomore year is when he committed to Notre Dame I believe but he was actually a kid that came to Notre Dame's camp and lit it up I remember talking to Notre Dame coaches after they're like yo they you got to hear this this kid that we had man this kid looked phenomenal like that was this between his freshman and sophomore I year I believe so yes yeah. And he just lit it up as a passer. Now they knew he was athletic because he actually committed to Michigan as an eight. No, did he commit to Michigan? I think he committed to Michigan as an eighth grader to play lacrosse. Okay. He was like considered one of the the, the better lacrosse person in the, on the entire West Coast as a young kid. So they knew he was athletic, but they recruited him because of his ability to sit back and throw the football. That's why Notre Dame went after him. So People I think our baseline is going to be different. People don't know that story. And so, uh, which is fine. I, right. I get it. I, That's you what know, I'm saying. Like, this right. is it's good that you're getting it out there because right. there's a lot Not of – everybody that, follows recruiting, and that's totally okay. Absolutely. But there's a lot of people that think he's just a runner first right. and, a, and a passer off of the run, which right. is not the case. He's not He's not what Brandon Wimbush was. Now, Brandon didn't come to Notre Dame that way either. He was kind of developed that way. But that's not who Tyler is. Yes, Tyler's got some throwing motion stuff that can lead him to misses. Sometimes he goes through too quickly through the throwing zone and he kind of short arms at Vince and the ball just doesn't right. get there or get there accurately. Those are things he's going to have to continue improving upon. He's going to have mistakes like that this year. He's going to have a, a play where he underthrows or throws it on the back hip when he should have thrown it in the front hip you know, or the front shoulder and it's going to get picked off. It's going to happen. I promise you. He's going to, he's going to really, he's going to speed his motion up too soon. And the ball is going to come out of his hand quick and sail, go right past his receiver and get picked off. That will probably happen this year. Yeah, right. The thing that Tyler has to do is limit those things. And and as the season goes on, not make those mistakes again. I think that is a fair thing that he has to prove this year. He has to prove, Vince, that he can effectively become a a, a guy that can do damage. He's going to run around and make plays. He's going to make plays off script. He's sure. going to be a dynamic runner. And that's all fine. But he has to prove to run this offense effectively. Tyler Buckner has to prove that he can sit in the pocket and beat you from the pocket. Yes. You're not beating Ohio State just because he ran. Now that that may if Notre Dame upsets Ohio State, I promise you there'll be a couple big right. runs by or off script plays by Tyler Buckner. That would no be doubt. a reason for that. No doubt. But they won't get to the point where they are going to outscore Ohio State because just because of that. There will also be things he has to do from the pocket. Same thing with Clemson, BYU, USC. He's got to prove that he can be a consistently sit in the pocket, go through his reads and progressions. And we have a super chat about that here in a second, Vince. Yeah. But that is a that is a thing that he is going to have to prove that he can do this year. And and I will also say that if he can't do that, right? If he struggles to sit in the pocket and make plays, go through his progressions, make plays from the pocket, it's going to be a repeat of 2019-2020 as far as the how defenses are going to play Notre Dame's offense. Okay. Because during those years, no one was afraid that Notre Dame was going to be able to sit in the pocket and go through progressions and and hit the open man, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They wanted to keep Ian Book in the pocket because they weren't afraid of him from the pocket. Mm-hmm. Okay, And so they would load the box. They would come after him to shut down the run game because they weren't afraid that he was going to hurt them through the air. Yeah, but He could hurt them with his legs, which he did. Right. Scrambling. Many, many right. times. But scrambling. He wasn't the designed runner that Tyler is, but, but yes, on scrambles and, and movement. And- Hundred percent. That is how he hurt teams. There's no doubt about it. So they would load the box. They would keep him in, 
if they wanted to keep him contained. Stop the run, keep him in the pocket. And that would that's how you beat Notre Dame in 19 and 20, period. And 18. So, right. That's what Clemson did. Absolutely. That's exactly what Clemson yep. did. That's exactly yeah. what they did. If Notre Dame's offense, now with Tyler Buckner, if he can sit in the pocket and he can pick apart defenses with his arm that is forcing teams now to unload the box with now a better offensive line, a better run game than they had in 2020 or 2021, excuse me. Now that opens up the run game. Right. You've got the pass game. It just makes you so much more effective right. getting the ball out to who you need to get it out to. So he does have to prove that because it hasn't been proven by Notre Dame in a while. If he is Brandon Wimbush 2.0, Notre Dame will be 10 and 2 this year at worst. They will. But I promise you they'll lose to Ohio State. And they'll lose one of BYU, Clemson, and USC. Him as a dynamic runner will beat a lot of teams. But yeah. what will happen is, is Notre Dame will be 10 and 2 or 11 and 1 if he's Brandon Wimbush 2.0. And then they will go into the postseason again and they will lose either the first playoff game or a major bowl game right? against somebody with an equal or better roster. And that's the reality. He's got to, he's got to be able to, to say, Hey, I'm going to sit back in the pocket and beat you. Now, maybe in the early in the season against Ohio state, he's not that guy, but he needs to be that oh. guy by the time they get to BYU. And especially by the time Clemson comes. And, and I think he needs to at least be a shadow of that guy yeah. in order to beat Ohio state. Right. I mean, he's going to have to be a multi uh, he's gonna have to do two things. He's gonna have to throw right. the ball. He's gonna have to run the ball. And if he can't, if he's only one dimensional, then they're gonna struggle offensively. And if you can't score against Ohio State, you're not gonna beat Ohio State. Right. So, so now, of course, the scenario changes. Is they're not gonna beat Ohio State because of Tyler Buckner in that scenario. It, it doesn't mean they may not force a couple turnovers. You know, you, sure, you, Chris Tyree can, takes a kickback for a score right. again. Right? right. The defense right. wins the game for you essentially. Right. right? That could definitely right. happen. I could see So, that. yes, Tyler Buckner needs to be a guy that can sit back and when teams take the running part away, can hurt you in the pocket. That's going to be the key. One of the things I think I need to see, too, is I really need to see him, and I've said this before, Vince, I need to see that Tyler Buckner can stretch the field. Now, to me, I'm not talking about we know he can do this. We know against cover one, he can throw a beautiful deep ball. He did it twice last year. I mean, and I'm not talking like one-on-ones or Austin. I mean, I'm talking about dropping it, diamond it over top of the outside right. shoulder. A beautiful touch. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so so we know that. And he throws – he has great timing on the deep ball as well. We know he can throw the deep ball. And I'm trying to remember. I think I think the first one – I think it was against Toledo, wasn't it? Wasn't it, Vince? I'm trying – I'm looking at his numbers now. I believe it was. Uh, let's see, passing numbers. Yeah, he went three for three for 78 yards and a touchdown. It may not have been Toledo. Uh, because I know against Toledo he had the 55-yard touchdown pass to to um, to Tyler Buckner. I mean, excuse me, to Chris Tyree. I have to go back and look what the other game was. But anyway, the point is he he can do that. But my thing is, can he pu- run a play action and throw a post route over top of the safety? That I don't know. We just haven't right. seen him do it a ton. Now there's some throws we're going to show on this highlight film where he throws the ball over 50 yards in the air. Right. But that's fine. That's high school. I need to see him do it at the college level. And so, because that's the other thing is if, if he's a 20 and in guy and he can throw the, the occasional one-on-one outside fade, that's fine and the offense will be good. But again, what's the standard here, right? Like the right. standard isn't can Tyler Buckner lead you to 10 and 2? Yeah, you're you're going to have a better roster than minimum nine teams on your schedule, if not 10. 
an argument can be made for 11. The only thing team, team that I would say top to bottom could make a case that they have a better roster is Ohio State. Now, I think sure. position by position, I actually think Notre Dame has the edge if position groups against Ohio State. What a lot of Ohio State fans don't understand is that's just one way to look at it. And then they take it as you think Notre Dame's going to win by 50 because a lot of Ohio <laughs> State fans, Archer, with all due respect, can't think, can't see past their nose. Right. Right. And just don't understand things. So, but, but if you look at it, the, 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 the gap, the matchups of where Ohio State has, that's where Ohio State has the better roster is they're strong in areas where Notre Dame isn't as strong. Right. Right. They are really good in some areas where Notre Dame is not as good. And Notre Dame's issues on offense are kind of matched up against Ohio State's issues on defense. Right. What are we concerned about on Notre Dame offense? Okay. Passing game, receiver stepping up. Well, that, that plays into Ohio State's concern. They're not great in the secondary, in my opinion. So, it, whereas on the other side of the ball, Notre Dame's secondary is a question mark. Ohio State's pass offense is the strength of the team. Right. And so that's why I say, you, you know, your offense is going to have to play beyond that. So, Ohio State's the one team I think that, that, that can argue their roster's better than Notre Dame's. I would say it is top to bottom. However, after that, I don't. I, it's not a given to me that Clemson has a better roster. I, I, a lot of people say that. I don't think that they do. I, I, it's debatable, but I don't think that they do. And I definitely don't think USC has a better top to bottom roster than Notre Dame does. So then it gets down Agreed. to Tyler Buckner can beat most of those teams. The because of the rest of the team around you is really good. But that's not the standard in Notre Dame. It, that's it, it look, shouldn't be. That's the standard we held Ian Book to. I don't care that Ian Book. You know, with 30 0 in his career against teams that finished the year unranked. Right. Don't care. Right. Good for you, Ian. Love it. You know, happy for you. Yep. Enjoy the record. You know, That's awesome. No, he actually went 25 and 0, excuse me. Uh, because his final career number was 30 and 30 and 5, right? Basically, wasn't that his career I think record? So, yeah. Yeah. Something I, like that. I remember the 30 number. I, right. I, you know, right. So he went 25 and 0 essentially against teams that finished unranked because his record in his career against ranked opponents was 5 and 5. That was his record against ranked opponents. Right. That's who you're evaluated against. It's the best teams on your schedule. Yeah. And if, for Tyler to beat them, he's going to have to play in the in the pocket. Right. Now, Vince. No question. The the last part, and 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 I was we kind of dive into the the why are we expect because you and I are on the same page. We expect Tyler to have a breakout year. Yes. This year. And we'll get into kind of what that looks like. There's a question about that, but but there's a couple a couple questions about this. And, and Patrick Barnes, I have your super chat. We're going to purposely bring your super chat up at the end. I really like his his, his super chat is really fitting for how I want to wrap the quarterback part of this up. But Chris nice. Wheeler asked, uh, gave us a super chat, big super chat, Chris. Wow, Thank thanks, you man. very, 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 very much. He asked a question, Vince. He said, I've been reminded vehemently by Brian Ooh. that Tyler is very good going through his progressions. Can you talk about what you expect from him with the mental game? This to me, Vince, and I wanted to, and I told Chris in the chat that we were going to wait to bring his super chat up for this reason, because I think this is the part that most Notre Dame fans do not understandably appreciate about Tyler because they don't get to see practices like, like you did. And they don't see the practice video that I got from you guys uh, that I've seen from Tyler with my own eyes at different things and, and different people I've talked to. And then what we saw from him in the spring game and some of the even the throws he made last year, Vince, is they don't see that this is a kid that has a great yes. feel for the game. Yes, absolutely. He's got to improve his mechanics, and his balls aren't always going to go where you expect them to go. But his his timing, and I'll go back 
through the spring game, his first spring game. Okay. He banged a corner route to Mitchell Evans, and we showed it on the this channel. It is is Mitchell Evans puts his right foot in the ground and Tyler's throwing it. He just throws it out and Mitchell turns and runs yeah. right into yep, it. Yep, yep, yep. And and we saw that a lot from Tyler. We even saw that last year. His throw to Kevin Austin was that. He hit his top of his drop and Kevin was not open. He just threw it out, dropped it over top. Kevin ran underneath it. Bam. His throw to Avery Davis. You go back and watch that throw. He per, that, that was not his first look. He had to make a read to get there. And so I think there's this notion like it was Wimbush. It was one read or run. It was, it was one, two, run, right? And the one, two was off of one read. Brandon would rarely kind of go through his progressions. He would at times, but rarely. Sure. Tyler's a kid, and, and I think that was more of a coaching thing than it was, You're right, you know, right. Brandon couldn't do it. It's just that's what they, did. they didn't have not to do. not he was taught. Yeah, right. Right. But with Tyler, he is a kid that will go through progressions. And I've said this, I've shared this story before. I was, I was told by someone around the program that there was a, a play he'll do things in practice. Where you're like, okay, yeah, nobody else on our team can do that. And and it's not just physical tools. Cause he doesn't have a, a bazooka for an arm. Like he's got a good arm, but it's not a bazooka arm, but there was a play. This coach told me, he's like, he throws this ball in the middle of the field. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like all I could see is three defensive guys. And all of a sudden, a receiver just runs right into it, and bam, hits him in the chest, and, and he goes running. He's like, I didn't even see it. I didn't see that that guy was coming. Tyler did, and he just threw it out there. Right. And and it's like you'll hear stuff like that. I've seen clips from practice like that where you're watching it, and these are the ones like that you'd send me where it's like, man, that's, that's great timing. The anticipation mm-hmm. there is really good. He does have a feel for the game. There's there's no, no, no doubt. Now, the question to Chris's question – that is, you know, what to expect from him. I think, Chris, the big question is going to be how consistently can he play sure. to that level? Because it's one thing to read that out in the spring game, Vince. It's another thing to read that out and make that throw when there's 100,000 oh, Buckeyes or you're in the Coliseum or whatever else. I think that is the part for me, Vince. But the tools are there. Like, right. Love a lot of things about Ian Book, gritty kid, good leader, et cetera, et cetera. He just didn't have a mind for throwing a football. He wasn't good at right. progressions. He, just, that's, he would always wait for guys to get open. Right. That's not right. what we see from Tyler Buckner. And and when you say wait for him to get open, he would need to see with his eyes that the kid was already right. open, not throw him open. Right. And that's the difference when you're talking about major college football and then into the NFL as well. And there's a reason. I don't want to get into that. You have to throw guys open. Okay, and I have physically seen with my own eyes, I've seen Tyler Buckner throw guys open. Mm -hmm. And I will also say and you're not talking about high school. No, no, no. Vince isn't talking about high school. I'm talking about in practice. Right. Okay, and I'm talking about in practice. I'm also talking about the fact that because he's he is not afraid to throw into tight windows. He's not afraid to throw guys open. He's not afraid to go through his progressions and stay in the pocket. And he'll have some turnovers because of that, too. It was that you took the words right out of my mouth. That is a concern of mine, but you have to take the good with the bad, and the good is going to massively outweigh yeah. the bad in that regard. To, to, to that, Vince, I think I'm okay him having a little Deshaun Watson in his game yeah, as a absolutely. football player, right. only as a football player. <laughs> or, or like a Brett Favre, you know? Right, because like with Deshaun, right, the year that Deshaun led him to a tie, he threw 17 picks. Now, 17 picks is not acceptable, but Clemson also threw a lot more that year than Notre Dame was going to throw. I don't expect Tyler to be a four interception guy. Right. You know, I don't. It's just it's a different offense. He's 
I think he's going to take some chances. He may throw nine or 10 interceptions, but they're going to be, he has to then balance it with those big plays events. And I think those things we're going to see because he does understand, he understands football from a big picture standpoint. Right. And yes, the, they are against the ones because I've seen it this year. We're talking spring ball this year is where I was talking about right. what I saw. And yes, he was going up against the ones. No but question. it wouldn't matter to me if he's going against ones or right, threes. It, it's, right. It, right. The but reason yeah. that I brought up like the spring game going against the threes last year was he remember that deep throw he hit to, to Braden Lindsay, which was way underthrown. That he ended up playing it for a 40 yard pass. That that's not a completion of Kyle Hamilton is on the field. Right. That's an interception. Sure. That's my point. But like the corner route to Mitchell Evans, that's open no matter who they're going against. Right. Because that's the time, the anticipation, things like that. But to Brian's point, yes, it, it, it was against the ones. And it's, I mean, we saw it in high school. We saw it in the spring game last year. Right. We saw it in practices this year. And we hear it from sources. Sure. That are people that we trust that, that are fair, open people. So um, not now, if you're throwing a guy open, then you're, and it gets intercepted, then he's then he's not open. Not open. That's right. 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 The mentality of throwing a guy open can possibly can potentially lead to interception. Right. I get that right. part. And that's what we're talking about. And, and and that can lead to interceptions more in the National Football League than in college. Because that point. can lead to because in high in the in the NFL, and this is kind of partly what's been the issue for Notre Dame, is a receiver may have like four different options based on what the defense does. He could run an in route, a post route, a stop route, or a corner route, depending on what the defense does. Right. Well, if you're doing that with young guys, they're going to think he's doing this and they're doing that. And that was part of Ian Book's problem is Ian, because Ian didn't know how to anticipate, he would wait for it to see what a receiver was going to do before he would throw it. Right. That's partly why Ian threw so few interceptions in his career. He just wouldn't take chances. Right. He, unless he it was and took sacks a lot. Right. Unless it was the fourth quarter and, right. and he had no choice. And then Ian, you, you could see what Ian Book could do then. Right. Uh, but to Lucas's point is that, that that this offense is complex, but it's not that complex. Right. Right. Now, it, it, that doesn't mean that there won't be miscommunications. Oh, yeah. And, right. and maybe maybe that's where Lucas is coming from. Like there's a miscommunication where Tyler sure. throws a guy open, but the receiver makes the runs wrong route. Sure. Sure. But that's that's but that's part of it. You can't. The alternative is you just don't make those throws. Right. And that is if you want that, that's the Ian Book offense. And that's what that is. Or exactly. I'm not going to throw it unless I see it. And you just can't do that. You you can't do that. So, you know, I I think that's the kind of thing where you're gonna you're gonna take you're gonna take that. Right. You're gonna Absolutely. take that. Absolutely. Because that was what was. And to be honest with you, that was the most frustrating thing about Ian Book is is his lack of wanting to take that chance. His lack of throwing the ball on time. Like that was super frustrating because you don't see it as much on TV, Brian, but you mm-hmm. see it in person. When you're sitting up in the press box, or even if you're at the game and you're watching it from a bird's eye view, that's why we always sat in the upper deck on purpose, right? So we could mm-hmm. see the whole game. You see guys running wide open, and the ball is just not thrown, or just the chance wasn't taken, or however you want to, however you want to say it, it just wasn't done, and it it happened time and time and time again. And then he would get praised for all these other things that he was doing, rightfully so, mm-hmm. but never criticized for not doing. And he, he could have been such a good quarterback. He could have been such right. a good quarterback at Notre Dame and taken them to that next level. Right. And yeah, shoot, brought Brian yeah. Kelly right along with him, to be honest with sure. you. But he sure. just wouldn't make those throws. And 
that's just not who he was. Right. I from what I have the limited amount that I've seen of Tyler Buckner, he will make those throws. He will take those chances. When right. you take chances, bad things can happen. But I really believe the good is going to way outweigh the bad. Right. And, and that's what you have to take with it. So, right. but he does have to. He 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 has that ability, and that's kind of where we started. This. He ha, he is not a he is not a traditional. He's not what I would call a run throw quarterback. I think he's a dual threat quarterback, and those are two different things. Sure. A run throw quarterback is more of, uh, you know, like a guy who's who's not really a passer. His passing comes off of his running. Right. And and. Uh, bring that up here in a minute, Vince. I want to answer right. that after we right, so, too. so put that to. put that aside for now. But I do want to address that when we get done yeah. with this quarterback. I think that's a really good yeah uh, one to bring up during the mess the the Q and A because we okay. will have a mail, daily mailbag today. So we'll we'll dive into a lot of those questions when we get to the mailbag. You know, but but like I'm trying to think of like a, a run throw guy is like Malik Cunningham from Louisville. I don't think Malik Cunningham is a dual threat because I think he's he, his his passing comes off of his running to me you know what i mean where malik just can't sit in the pocket and hurt you brandon wimbush was a run throw quarterback deshaun kaiser was a dual threat quarterback and 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 malik zaire against lsu was a run throw quarterback it was running first then in against against uh against texas we saw a dual threat quarterback you know and a dual threat quarterback is a guy that can sit in the pocket and beat you but also a guy that can make plays and run and and sometimes you can be a dual threat quarterback who doesn't run a ton. Joe, to me, Joe Burrow in college was a dual threat quarterback. Trevor Lawrence was a dual threat quarterback, even though they were pocket passers, but they right. could make plays with their legs. I think Tyler Buckner is a bit of a unicorn in that he can be both of those things. He can be a run throw guy when he wants to be, sure. but he's more of a dual threat in his skill set. And I think that's what makes him dynamic because, you know, when you talk about his high school stats and and I get that his college, his level of competition wasn't great, but you're talking about a kid that threw for 4,474 yards. I'm going to say it again. He threw for 4,474 yards as a junior in high school. Okay. 58 touchdowns. Okay. It's again, 4,478 yards and 53 touchdowns and six interceptions completed 66.4% of his passes. He averaged 16.8 yards per attempt in 13 games. He also rushed for 1,610 yards and 28 more touchdowns. He had six games where he rushed for over 100 yards in a game. And, and so when you look at that, Vince, I mean, he had a game against a school called Modern Day Catholic. This is just absurd. It's not, it's not that modern day. It's a different modern day. It's a garbage modern day. But in that game, he went 24 of 36 for 465 yards and five touchdowns passing. He also had 20 carries for 295 yards and four touchdowns in that same game. That's over 700 yards of offense and nine touchdowns. I don't care what your level of competition is. <laughs> you, when you're doing that, you're a freak. Yeah. I mean, and, and there's other games like that. You know, against Orange Glenn, he threw for 437 yards and rushed for 110 yards. You know, uh, two weeks later, he goes for uh, 414 yards and five touchdowns. He has two carries for 115 yards and a touchdown. A two week later, yes, because he had a 90-yard touchdown run. Yeah, you know. A uh, week later against Classical, again, these are not good football teams. But, again, you're talking about sick numbers, 309 yards passing, 
four touchdowns, and then he had 132 yards rushing and a touchdown. And I don't believe he played the fourth quarter in that game because they won 75 to 26. The next week against Santa Fe Christian, he had four. He had uh, 303 yards passing and three touchdowns, 129 rushing and a touchdown. If I remember two touchdowns, if I remember correctly, he didn't play hardly at all in the second half. If I remember that game, because they won 49 to nothing. And, and so, I mean, just some of the things he would he would do. They had a 52-51 to 51 win over Poway. He was actually a decent team. Threw for 444 yards, three touchdowns. Rushed for 94 yards and three more touchdowns. In the last game of the year, their playoff loss, this is the this is absurd, Vince. And their playoff loss, they lost 75-59. to 59. Tyler passed for 296 yards and three touchdowns. And he ran, ran for 353 yards and five touchdowns. Good Lord. Like, those are stupid numbers. Responsible for every touchdown. And again, I don't care who you're playing against. Like, he was a freak. And and that's what we're going to – we're going to kind of pull this up as we're talking because, I mean, the things he did in high school were just stupid, Vince. Right. And and I think that – I want people to watch this because I I think people need to be reminded of just how good this kid was. And, yes, the competition sucks. But being a good evaluator is being able to, to to watch and say, does that project to the next level? Go back to that. Go back to that first play, Brian. And I want you to figure. Okay, where does he throw the ball from? Right. It's about the thirty-two, and it's caught at about the twenty-three. <laughs> it's pretty good. All and and he wasn't set either. Right. You know what I mean? He was on the run when he threw that ball. Right. So that shows arm strength. Yeah. Right and it, this is the timing and the touch part that we talk about. Like it's right. just, he just has this feel like he beats the top over the top, but that ball goes like 30 plus yards. That's, and that's it. not terrible coverage. The kid's in right. the hip pocket of the receiver. Right. Right. This ball right here is another one. This is a backside post. It goes, oh, I mean, he throws it from about the 48 ball gets caught inside the five. Right. But again, it's one thing to do that in high school. It's not, I need to see him that he's got sure. the guts to do that you know, in Ohio stadium or Notre Dame stadium. And that's what I say is I don't necessarily question that whether or not Tyler has the, the the ability to do those things. It's whether or not he has the willingness to do those in the big moments. But, you know, I think the other thing too, Vince, is, is as we kind of go into why we're predicting a breakout from Tyler Buckner is because when you can do things like that, you become more slump proof. Yeah. Because when you have a guy that can do it, like if Jack Cohn is off, that's a great touch, by the way, in between two defenders. That's, that's a zone throw right now. With, right. With- which right. is huge because you talked about the fact that he can hit a one-on-one and all that. This is a zone right. throw here, and he places it right. And he the- knows he's got to get some zip. He's got to get over the top and with right. zip, and he does that. You can't float that bar. The safety's going to get over there and, and get right. to it. But when you are a kid who can only throw and your game is off, you're just in trouble. Hey, look, a seam throw. Right. Be real good at the, that. The, the thing is, is when, when you can run like this and do the place, this is an off-platform throw. When you can run like he can – if a kid's off his game a little bit as a passer, there's things you can go to to get him going that can be big plays as a runner. Right. And that's the thing that you look for. Like this, he's getting – look at the, the buying time. Look at this. He throws this ball. The kid's not even breaking yet. Yeah, and it's off his back foot too. Right. Now, again, do I want him trying to make that throw against Ohio State? Probably not. Right. But, you're, you're you know, he – He's also going to be bigger and stronger now than he was. I hope he's not as well. He doesn't have a defender in his face that quickly either. Yeah. I mean, that's also true. You know, also true. That's why he's not exactly playing with a bunch. This is a stupid throw. I didn't know where he was throwing it when I I remember. I remember the first time I watched this, like, where's he throwing that ball? I didn't even see that guy across his body. Yeah. Yeah. That's just dumb. 
So again, Vince, it's it's you when you have a guy like that, you need to be able to say this is this is one. He throws it from the f- about the 40, the ball gets caught about the five. Mm-hmm. That's a 55 plus, that's a 55 yard throw, correct? On the money. Look at that. Right. Look, maybe maybe a yard underthrown, right. but still. Right. That's that. This is the pass he threw to Kevin Austin. Yes. And that's basically what this is. That, he didn't float that either. That is on a dime. That is yeah. on a rope. Right where it needs to right. be, too. Right. So it, the playmaking ability is the final piece, Vince, that, that is why I think – because I think he's going to have games where maybe he's not on his game as a passer, but he still can make plays in those instances, and that's the key. Mm-hmm. Whereas if Jack Cohn was off last year, like he was early against Virginia Tech, or you know, then, then he's he's in trouble. Right. He, he has There's nothing you can turn to. With Tyler, there, and we, we did see this a little bit with Ian Book. There were games where Ian wasn't making plays as a passer, but he was still able to go out there and scramble and, and do run around and do things. Tyler's going to be able to do that, but Tyler's more of a designed runner too. You can call designed running plays to right. Tyler Buckner. Right. That wasn't Ian's strength. Ian was more of a scrambler, not a runner. Because, again, you know, designed runs required decision-making, and Ian Book wasn't the greatest decision-maker. And and so that's why I think they kind of went away from a lot of that stuff. But this is a kid that you can just flat give the ball to and say, hey, man, we need you to go make this play on third down or fourth down or whatever, <laughs> right. you know? Right. And what you are saying, he's a great at, he's an elite athlete, but this is the, you also see on this film why I've said he's not a guy that you can move to running back or receiver because he's not a burner. He's not like a four, four guy. Sure. Right? He'll run away from a lot of people, right? but not your speed guy on defense. Right. I mean, right. yeah. Like that's the athleticism you see through it from the 30 to the other 35 on right. a line. Hope he gets that's great. That's great, great, Robert. That's awesome. This is what we're talking about. I do not believe this counted in the stats. The usually when a kid cuts a film off like this, it's because the guy drops it. That's normally (laughs) you're probably right about that one. (laughs) But it was a greatly played, it was a great placement. Yeah, like this is the stuff that you see. Like that's just make and and we have seen Tyler do stuff like that. that. Boom. I have a feeling that one got dropped too. Oh, but look at that throw! Right, but you know, like when you're when you're when yeah. you're <laughs> when you cut those off, it's just, cutting right. But there. My my point is, think of his yeah. stats, and then think of how many passes. And and I've seen some game film. He had ball, he had a lot of balls dropped. Yeah, because he's making throws that his players just weren't good enough to catch. Right. If we're going to be completely honest, yeah, somebody asked about the talent around him. It was, it was okay. okay. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. 
So, I mean, these are the things you're saying. I mean, he, he's a playmaker. He's got an arm. He's got the talent. It, it all comes down to consistency, Vince. That's the key. But even without the consi- – like consistency, then he goes out and has a Bryce Young type year. If he's consistent week after week, he has a he has a Bryce Young type year. Not numbers-wise, but like dominant impact-wise. I'm not saying he's going to do that. Yeah, right. I, I don't, I'm not predicting he's going to do that. I, what I'm saying is that he's going to be a playmaker, and he's going to be a guy that can, can take your offense yeah. to the next level. And he's going to have better t- talent around him, in my opinion, than what Jack Cohn had last year. That's right. the other thing. You know, no, he doesn't have Kyron Williams and Kevin Austin, but it's not. That's not it. the 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 gap in receiver and running back play is going to be far n- narrower than the gap in what the line is going to be, and that's yeah. the big thing. Because think about what that line was with Brandon Wimbush combined with Brandon Wimbush. I mean, I mean, you guys are seeing it on some of these runs. Tyler Buckner is athletic; he can run the football. Yes, he can. Right, and he's going to have that line blocking for him. And the Rams have a pretty big offensive line this year. I mean, they're they're going to have some size to them, you know. And those are the things that are going to be key. But uh, you know, when I yeah, people ask why are you so high on Tyler Buckner, it's like I, I'm like you just got to refresh this a little bit and go back and watch. This is high school tape, but that's what we have, right? Right, exactly. You know? I mean, that's that's I mean, high school tape is why people were excited about Bryce Young last year. High school tape is why people were excited about C.J. Stroud last year. It wasn't. I mean, C.J. Stroud threw a grand total of zero passes as a freshman at Ohio State. Yeah. Zero. Look at that. Yeah. Again, those kids stink. I wouldn't recruit any of those guys to a D3 school, oh, right? I, but it doesn't I, matter. You know, that's – But he still has to read the defense. Right. Still right. put the ball where it needs to go. Right. You can see the athletic – Oh, so, like, against, uh, against you know, Clemson, he's tackled there instead of scoring. Sure. Right. But again, he made there. There were some moves that he's made in the open field, running the football that he made as a freshman, and he juked out D one players. Right. Okay, he, he made guys miss last year at Notre Dame right. running the football. He did right. So I mean, he he's still an athlete, and he can still run the football very very well. Right. So Vince, yeah, people ask you know why we're so high on Tyler Buckner. I mean, these are these are reasons why, and and we have seen all these things, with the exception of the deep over the top throws. And and the reason I'm more concerned there is because his throwing motion has changed since then. Now his throwing motion change has not impacted him from the standpoint of all the other things because we've seen him do those things, right? It it comes from we we've seen we've seen all hit all the the twenty and in the timing the anticipation we've seen him do that with the throwing motion change. Right. What we haven't seen is him, I haven't. I'm not saying he hasn't done it in practice. I'm just saying I haven't seen it. Is can he can he bang that post route like he did earlier? Sure. Because at times, because of the shorter compacted motion, at times we've seen his balls kind of die at the top, and that was kind of was my concern. But that could also, you know, foot where his he didn't drive off his back foot and all those other kind of things. So I just I just look at this kid and I say, I mean, this kid's just flat out. I mean, and at this time as a junior, people were talking about he was ranked as a five star. I mean, mm-hmm. he dropped as a – the reason Tyler Buckner was not a five-star recruit is two things. He had a really bad showing at the Elite 11, which I don't care about. And then he didn't play as a senior. Senior year, yeah. Right. And he was – he, he was the, the Elite 11 thing, he was trying to use a different throwing motion, and it just wasn't natural. Right. You know, and he's changed it. You know, that was – he had some high school quarterback coach trying to get him to change his motion for some reason. And he's changed it back. He's more He's more back to this than he was – as a senior in high school when he was trying to change his motion. He's more back to looking like this guy. Than it's almost like it, since he didn't have a season to play, it was like, okay, let's tinker with your throwing motion. Right. Like 
Don't change things because you're bored. Well, that's the thing is, you know, this is the problem with a lot of quarterback coaches, Vince, is these guys, they got to prove to you that there's a need for their services. So they got to fix something. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to pay you a lot of money. Just come out and catch my throws. Tell me, hey, you're great, kid. Keep doing what you're doing. Unfortunately, you wish they would do that. Uh, So, you know, Notre Dame's been trying to get him back to his more natural motion. You know, so they've been working with this motion too, but it's to fix what was done by somebody else as opposed to – Right. Them trying to change it like they did with Phil Dracovic. So, um, you know, but I, from, and the other thing, too, is what we were told is by the end, by, by the end of spring, every source that I had had said that the competition was was a quarterback was one of the questions we had. Vince was, is there really a competition of quarterback? There is in the sense that, you know, if Drew Pine comes out into the fall and outplays Tyler Buckner, he's going to get a chance to start. There's no doubt. It's just that. um it, coming out of the spring, it really wasn't close. Right. I mean, and and that's I have yet to talk to a person that felt that way. Right. And honestly, a part of me wonders if that's why Drew Pine struggled. I really believe part of why Drew Pine struggled is because of how well Tyler was playing, and just the the fact that dude, this guy's really good. Ty, Drew's a smart kid. I got to go step up my game, and I think I think he, this is the stuff I love too. This 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 is the kind of the off script stuff, the off platform stuff, like this kind of thing. Like, this is just like, get it what out. Is he doing? It was great. Yeah. Yep. Like he can do stuff like that. And, you know, again, that's the stuff that Tyler Buckner brings to the table that is really, really impressive. And they just haven't had that in a while. Right. I mean, that's, that's the thing that excites me is, you know, who doesn't get excited about big offense and big plays and dynamic plays and things like that. And look, Ian Book had his share of runs and things like that. But this is the total package, in my opinion. And they haven't had that total package and that and that opportunity to make big plays both with your mm-hmm. leg and with your arm mm-hmm. at the same time. That is what I'm so excited about, man. Right. I, I'm fired up. I, I'm so fired up for this. Right. Like this kind of helpful to watch this and talk about it and everything because we have been talking about the recruits in the quarterback classes and things like that for a really long right. time. Why? That's what you do. That's right. fine. But now that we're getting closer to fall camp and and you know, we didn't get to see him in the yeah. spring game and all of that. Like this gets me fired this, up. This play right here reminds me of the play Brandon made against Michigan. Remember the third and eighteen play? Where they they had him dead to rights, and he just spun out, and made that play. I mean, you know, again, I think I think I think Tyler can do all the things that Brandon could do on the football field, except for Brandon could throw the ball close to seventy yards. I mean, Brandon had a cannon. Oh yeah, no doubt. And Tyler doesn't have that, but to me, there are a lot of things that Tyler can do on a football field that by that point in his career, Brandon couldn't do. Now, again, we've said this before: the Brandon Wimbush that Notre Dame recruited was not the Brandon Wimbush that stepped into the seventh starting lineup in 2017. He had been ruined at that point in time. Uh, And if you want to know why, I will just tell you to go look at Tanner Morgan's career stats at Minnesota before Mike Sanford showed up, and then look what they were the next two years. I'm just a little thought experiment for you. And you'll uh, go look at Jordan Love's junior year stats at Utah State, and then look what they were on a year under Mike Sanford, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Just just do that, and we, we don't need to discuss it anymore. The point is, is I do think Tyler Buckner can be the same impact runner that Tyler, that Brandon was, not to the volume that Brandon sure. was, but the type of big playability he can. He'll take a third nine and convert it with his legs if you don't respect that, and that's not something Jack was going to do, and, and even Ian to a degree wasn't going to do that because teams, teams were not. Af- and here's going to be the big key, Vince. Teams were not afraid on third nine. Teams would almost dare Ian Book. Oh yeah, to throw it. Like, yes. Because they were not going to let him scramble and run in right. those situations. Yep. 
they can't do that to Tyler because exactly. I think that t- Tyler has the ability to make plays with his arm that you can't. But I think they you, will early. I, I think that they well, will. Early. What I was going to say is you have to respect his running ability more than you did Ian's, though, in my opinion. Sure. So I, to your point, I think you're going to have to play for him to scramble more yes. early. Agreed. Which is going to make him more effective as a passer, and which, and then then you then you have the counter, and then so that's but that's what I think is going to make him so effective. That, and why I'm predicting a breakout, and I think if we're gonna if we boil, let's boil it down to game one, right? You got nothing. You've got the only film you've got on Tyler Buckner is what he did his freshman year at Notre Dame, right? Mm-hmm. You've got his high school film if you really want to dig that deep, but that that that's what you've got, right? So. What do you do if you're Ohio State? Well, this kid's not going to beat me with his legs, you know. So with his you, arm. Well, I, that's what I meant. Like, I but I'm playing. Oh, you're not going to let him beat you with his. Correct. I'm not going to let him beat me with his legs. So that's the way I'm playing. So if he can come out, he can hit some of those over the over the top throws. If he can hit those those uh, those deep two deep zone pockets like we saw in the film, right? He can do that a few times. Maybe break one things like that. That could be a potential turning point in that game if Ohio State doesn't respect his arm early right. on. I'm not saying that's going right. to happen. I'm just saying that that's why – that's one of the reasons if I was making an argument for it's better that this game is first as opposed to having a tune-up game, right, that is where Notre Dame can benefit because there's nothing on Tyler Buckner right now, really. And what there is, his successes have been with his legs mm-hmm. more often than not, right? Mm-hmm. So – I, I don't know, man. I, I it, it gives me uh, it gives me some excitement about the whole season, but then also game one. We have we have a lot of questions that were asked about this subject. There's two. There's uh, most of them we're going to address during the mailbag. So if you have questions about Tyler Buckner, quarterback, tight end, ask those. If you have other questions you want to ask, Do ask it. those two. We'll, we'll, during the mailbag, we'll address whatever. But there's two super chats we got that that address this. And and they kind of they they're they're similar, but I want to bring them up, Vince. Okay. And 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 the first one, and I said I was going to hold this to the end. Pardon me. From Patrick Barnes, he says, "Do you guys believe the difference between nine and three or twelve and zero? A twelve and zero season is very dependent on how much Tyler Buckner can elevate the offensive play." And in short answer, Vince, yes. Yeah, absolutely. They've been a quarterback away from being elite, in my opinion, over the last yeah. few years. They have been. If Tyler Buckner can prove that he's an elite quarterback, yeah, he's the difference. No question. Because you talked about the roster and how talented the roster is and how Ohio State, from a complete roster standpoint, is probably the only one that is better than Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. That roster will win you a ton of games. Right. Season. It will. It, it'll make you go not – you're good. that's why the, the whole six and six and seven, eight and four, I don't buy that stuff. Oh, I don't either. The entire roster is significantly better than all but – significantly better than all but nine teams on your schedule. Right. Exactly. Right. I think they're better than USC. I don't think they're significantly better than USC. Okay. Right. Just because USC is better than Notre Dame in certain areas. Like they have a more proven quarterback. They have better receivers. Right. I mean, so they're at least good enough in those areas where I'm not going to say they're significantly better. They're better than USC. Right. Not significantly better. And my point is, if you have a quarterback that can't make plays and is turning the ball over, you will lose to a team like USC. As we've seen from Ian Book over the years, as we've seen from me, like Sean and I were talking because apparently he did a show where they were kind of talking about big wins. And we started talking about Ian Book and we were talking about the, 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 the big moments that Ian had. Okay. And, you know, so we went back to like 2017 LSU where we came off the bench, but then it was like 2018 against Pitt. 
and 2019 against Virginia Tech, we led him to fourth quarter comebacks. And the joke oh, was kind of like, but the problem is like he was the primary reason yes. they were in those positions yes. to begin with. He shouldn't have had to have a comeback against Virginia Tech that game. Or, or Pitt the year before, seven and seven Pitt team. Because you remember, Ian had two two interceptions in Pitt territory that game. He had two red zone interceptions against Virginia Tech. Now, I don't blame Ian for Jafar Armstrong's fumble that got returned 99 yards, but I do blame him for that shouldn't have mattered because right, you exactly. threw two red zone interceptions. And so you're going to let those teams hang around if your quarterback's not playing one and, and do like Ian was not good in the first half against Virginia. But but why did they beat Virginia in 2019? I mean, Virginia had significantly better quarterback in Bryce Perkins. The difference was the rest of the team took the game over. Exactly. He had two strip sacks. One resulted in a touchdown. The other got returned inside the 10, right? Well, what was the final score? 35-20. That's the difference in the game right there. And so to me, that's where I think people are, are focusing so much on Tyler and not giving enough respect to the rest of the team. Right. And then looking at the schedule and saying, there are nine teams on this schedule that they are just going to win because they are better. Right. That, that, because they're that much better. And, and again, the coaching isn't terrible. The coaching is going to be better this year at every spot except head coach. And I'm only saying head coach because that's an unknown. Sure. That's we fair. don't know if he's going to be better than Brian right. Kelly or not. I think he is. Right. But the rest, the, the, the assist, he's got it. Look, the, the, the staff under the head coach is much better this year than it was last year. Absolutely. Just it is. And so they're going to beat nine teams this year, minimum. The difference between nine and three and 10 and two or 11 and one is does Tyler play well, good football. It doesn't have to be great. Just good football. They're going to be at worst 10 and two. If Tyler Buckner's just solid. Would you agree with that Vince? They're going to be pretty good. Meaning 11 one. If Tyler Buckner's pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. The only hope in my view for them to go 12 and zero against this schedule, because it is a top heavy schedule. It is very, very good schedule to the top is he has to play great. Yep. For them to be a 12 and 0 team. Yes. Unless Ohio, I mean, again, there's always the exception of Ohio State just lays an egg. Granted. CJ Stroud throws it, you know, it could be like the Arizona State game in 2014 for Notre Dame. Notre Dame should have beat Arizona State by 20. But when you throw three pick sixes and, you know what I mean, you're going to lose those games. Sure. Right. Right. And right, so right. if, unless it's, unless it's something like that, but I, I've never seen that from CJ Stroud. So I, I, I can't predict right. it. And it's not something you can ever predict unless there's like a kick return, a, a fumble that Notre Dame recovers inside the 15. Unless it's stuff like that, you're not going into Columbus and beating Ohio State to start the year. You're not going to then beat Clemson and beat USC and beat BYU if Tyler Buckner's just solid. You will lose one of those games most likely. And, and, and maybe two, including Ohio State. But for them to be a team that more so, and again, I don't think 12 and 0 is what they need to do, Vince. If they lose to Ohio State, if it's competitive right. and then they run the table, I'm sorry, Notre Dame's a playoff team. I agree with you. They are. And, and by the time that they're 11 and 0 in the last 11 games, they're going to have a heck of a lot of momentum going into that playoff. And what, I mean, how many times have we said it, right? Brian Kelly couldn't win that first game in the playoff. Right. It, that's the next step. And you're not going to win that. I don't care how much better Marcus Freeman is than Brian Kelly. If we're to assume that he's a better coach than Brian Kelly. And I'm just, and not who Brian Kelly was for much of his career. We're talking about who Brian Kelly was at the end. A dude that just had checked out. 
Correct. And wasn't the same worker he was. You have to accept this. The Brian Kelly that came to Notre Dame was not the same Brian Kelly that left Notre Dame. It Agreed. wasn't the same guy that felt he had something to prove and had a chip on his shoulder and, and was still a, a guy that was more Grand Valley State than he was big time. He became a big time privileged guy by the end of his tenure, and that's why it's time for him to go. Sure. So we're talking about that version. If Marcus Freeman's better than that, it still won't matter in the first round unless Tyler Buckner is the guy we think he's going to be. Right. That's the fact. Yep. And so to get to that point, it's going to require – because the, the roster is very good. It's still not good enough to go beat a Bryce Young-led team. Because here's the reason we talk about Ohio State and and Alabama. It's not that Ohio State has a significantly better roster than Notre Dame. It's that Ohio State has an elite quarterback. Yeah. Like, the reason a lot of us are not talking about the fact that they lost – like, Ohio State lost two top 15 draft picks at wide receiver. And nobody's like batting an eye. And it's not just because of Jackson Smith and Jigberth. It's because, well, yeah, but CJ Stroud's going to make these guys, you know, right. they're going to be fine. Right. If they had a first year starter quarterback, there'd be more concern, even though, you know, hey, these guys are talented, but, mm-hmm. but they got a new quarterback, kind of like what's going on at Notre Dame right now. I mean, Notre Dame has three top 100 recruits at receiver on their roster. And you talk to some people and you think they got a bunch of bums running around. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Right. But I digress. I know. But for them to beat Ohio State, to beat Georgia, to beat Alabama, to beat Georgia on their top-down ability, you know, talent, you know, to win those games, it's going to require Tyler Buckner yes. to be the guy we think he can be. And that's that's the key. And Absolutely. so, yes, for Notre Dame to be the team that, whether it's 12 and or not, I'm more concerned about getting to the playoff, and then do damage. Right. It's gonna. It, Tyler Buckner to me is the key. He is the key to that. And then the other question we had was from from Connor Patton. Okay. He said, What's "How up? does your?" And I'm going to ask you this, Vince. Thanks for the super chat, Connor. Yeah, very much so, Connor. Thank you. I'm going to ask you this first, Vince, because I want you. To, I'm reading it. Usually, you read it, but I want to hear your answer first. Okay. Sounds good. How does your excitement for Tyler Buckner measure up against past quarterbacks entering their first years as starters? It's funny. We talked about this, uh, uh, gosh, I don't know. Let's call it a week ago. Um, And I don't even know if it was on a show. It might have been just you and me talking. But I'm more excited this year for the starting quarterback in his first year. Um, My next one would be when when, uh, Brandon Wimbush was going to be a starter Mm -hmm. at Notre Dame. I was super high on Brandon Wimbush. I remember telling a buddy of mine, I think he's going to be an all-time great at Notre Dame. I I envisioned him being, you know, a two-way threat. You know, he had a cannon for an arm, you know, all of these different things. And obviously we knew what he could do with his feet. And he did that at Notre Dame. But I thought he was going to be more of a, a, just a better passer. And I we've discussed as to why that wasn't the case. But I was so excited about him taking over as the starter at Notre Dame. Super mm-hmm super excited so that's probably the last time I was this excited about a starter at Notre Dame was Brandon Wimbush when he was going into his first year but I'm more excited about Tyler I think than I was about Brandon but it's really really close I was super high maybe too high but I was super high on Brandon I think for me it's probably you have to go back to Malik in 2015 okay just because you know we saw what that offense could look like uh, in the bowl game against LSU. And even then Malik didn't throw a whole lot. It's, it's either that or, or 
maybe Everett 2014 is kind of, you know, okay. it, I mean, I, I'd go back then. Cause even with Brandon, like there were some, there was enough question marks with how Brandon's throwing motion looked that you're like, you know, but you knew he's at least going to be dynamic. He was a great kid. He was sure. a leader yeah, and all right. that. I think Tyler has more ability than Brandon had. I'd, I'd probably, yeah, I'd probably have to go back to Malik in 2015. It was the last time I was this fired up about a quarterback uh, going into a season and just the potential that he could bring to the table. And I think that, that is, that would branch my question. And now, you know, I mean, probably my answer probably should have, would have changed in 2020 if they'd have handled business right. And sure. my answer would have been, you know, Phil Dracovic when he took over in 2020 is my yeah. biggest answer. But now in, I was looking forward to him taking over as yeah. a starter, but yeah, I'd, I'd probably have to go back to Malik and, and maybe, maybe it's not even that, that I was excited as much uh, as, as there was the intrigue of boy, you know, cause you saw, I mean, you had Will Fuller broke out the year before, you know, Torian Fulce, you had Torian coming back. You knew the O-line was going to take a big step because, you know, Quentin Nelson was stepping in his first year. There's like a lot of similarities to that team. There's no Will Fuller on this team, except right. you could argue that Michael Mayer is kind of that version of it. Sure. You know, but there was questions that running back depth chart, right? Because it was Torian Fulce. And then after that, you had to move C.J. Procise to running back. And then you had a bunch of freshmen, right? Because it was, it was Torian, C.J., and then, you know, Dexter Williams and Josh Adams were true freshmen on that team. You know, and so it was like, the, the again, what was the – running back depth chart. What was the concern about receiver? If one of these receivers goes down, they're in trouble sure. because it's, it's equanimity St. Brown. And you know, the freshmen are really all you have left. And you had a freshman tight end behind Durham Smythe. Right. And then Durham gets hurt. And, you know, but you knew you had a, a great, I mean, you had a stud, basically red shirt freshman stepping in a starting lineup on the offensive line in 2015. It was Quentin Nelson in 2022. It's Blake Fisher. You know, now the, the offensive line then had a little bit more experience. Sure. You know, because Ronnie Stanley was a starter and, and Nick Martin was a starter. But, you know, Nick Martin and Jarrett Patterson, very similar. Right. You know, so, I mean, there's there's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of similarities between that team. The key here is is that, that Malik – and you've heard me say this. If, if Malik doesn't get hurt, I, I truly believe Notre Dame plays for a title that year. I, I truly believe it with all my heart. But, you know, that – but even then, like – that like Malik and Tyler are very similar in regards to Malik was going to have some games where he could light the world on fire as a passer. Saw it against Texas. Right. And then there was going to be games where his throwing was off. I mean, he was seven for 18 against Virginia, but the reason that Notre Dame was about to blow Virginia out in that game. And let me remind folks that forget this Notre Dame, the play after Malik got hurt, he set that play up by a long scramble that a touchdown up. He got hurt. The next play, they bring in Deshaun Kaiser and he just hands off, to C.J. Procise, who runs in for a touch, like a 26-yard touchdown, to make it 26-14 a third quarter. Notre Dame was about to roll Virginia. Malik gets hurt. The offense sputters until Deshaun leads them on the game-winning drive at the end. If Malik doesn't get hurt, they roll that game, even though he was 7 for 18. Why? Because he hit a big pass to Will, but he could he was still on pace for like 120 yards rushing. And that's the point I made earlier with Tyler is – Tyler can be off as a passer and still be dynamic. Absolutely. Absolutely. Deshaun Kaiser could not. Deshaun, Deshaun's running came off of his passing, whereas Malik was just a dynamic runner. Right. And that's the difference. And, and you know, so so I don't mean like off like Brandon was off where he couldn't complete an RPO behind the line of scrimmage. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 10 for 20 
and I'm just missing some throws, but you can still be dynamic. And right. that's where I think there's a lot of similarities between Malik and Tyler. I think Malik is a stronger athlete, a little bit stronger athlete, like physically stronger than Tyler was because Malik was going into year three. Tyler's going into year two. Malik had a more powerful arm, but Tyler's a more accurate passer than Malik was and a, and a better feel at that age, you know, because you got to remember Malik came from an option offense in high school. Tyler's coming from an offense that was dropping back and shotgun and throwing the ball. So those are the things I look at and say, I'd probably have to go back to Malik is the last time I was this excited because it also involves what was around him. Sure. And my, and in 2017, I had a lot more question marks about what was around Brandon because they're trying to roll, you know, Freddie Canteen and Cameron Smith yeah. and guys like that out there. And I was like, okay, I'm not sure. And and there was a lot of uncertainty behind uh, behind um, Josh Adams at running back. You know, is Dex sure. going to step up? Is you know, yeah, Tony Jones going to be healthy? You know, there's all those kind of things. So I would say, 15 with Malik is it. So Vince, that's going to do it for the quarterback portion. We are going to have a mailbag coming up, but why don't you go ahead and just remind some folks of the things that they need to do before they get out of here. Well, definitely make sure that you hit that like button. You hit that subscribe button as well. Don't forget that notification bell and share it with your family and friends. If you're listening to us on the podcast, give us a five-star review. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.